0: This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown.
1: I'll make you maybe next time around.
0: George Harrison passed away on November 29, 2001, over 15 years ago. Tonight we're going to celebrate his life in music with our fourth show to focus solely on the youngest Beatle. For this show, we're going to feature Harrison's follow-up to his multi-platinum All Things Must Pass LP, living in the material world. The album was highly anticipated and topped the charts in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and reached number two in the U.K. After the release of All Things Must Pass in October of 1970, Harrison's next project was the concert for Bangladesh, a huge undertaking. The shows were organized with his friend and mentor Ravi Shankar to raise awareness and fund relief efforts for refugees from East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, following the Bangladesh Liberation War. The logistics of putting on the show and producing the accompanying live album and concert documentary were draining, and Harrison took a year off before starting work on living in the material world. Before the album's release, he set up the Material World Charitable Foundation and donated the publishing royalties from nine songs on the album to the charity so that he wouldn't encounter the same problems he faced when trying to get the funds released from the concert for Bangladesh in the future. Lyrically, the songs demonstrated the duality of Harrison as a person, with topics concerning his spirituality, sharing space with compositions dealing with his mixed feelings pertaining to the Beatles, financial issues, and business problems. Some fans saw the lyrics as being a bit too preachy, but Harrison's vocals, guitar playing, and production are considered by many to be his finest. He planned on co producing the album with Phil Spector, as he had done before, but at this point, Spector's alcohol abuse and erratic behavior forced Harrison to produce the album by himself. The resulting recording is more stripped down than All Things Must Pass and this approach gave the songs room to breathe. Harrison also used a smaller group of musicians, including bassist Klaus Wormann and keyboard player Gary Wright, who had both worked on All Things Must Pass, drummer Jim Keltner and horn and flute player Jim Horn, who had played the concert for Bangladesh, and keyboard player Nicky Hopkins, who appeared on Revolution and on Jackie Lomax's Sour Milk Sea, which was written and produced by Harrison. John Barnum returned to provide the orchestral arrangements, and Ringo Starr played on three songs as well, It was also the first album where Harrison played all of the acoustic and electric guitars himself. The sessions for Basic Tracks took place in October and November of 72 at both Apple Studios on Savile Row in London and Harrison's home studio at Friar Park. After taking a month off to produce a live album for Ravi Shankar and Ali Akbar Khan, he resumed work on the album, performing overdubs until March of 73. The album was released on May 30th in the U.S. and hit number one, knocking Wings' Red Rose Speedway from the top of the charts. It was released in the U.K. on June 22nd and peaked at number two, held from the top position by the soundtrack to Star's movie That'll Be the Day. Harrison stated that the opening track, Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, was a prayer and personal statement between me, the Lord, and whomever likes it. The song became his second number one hit in the U.S. and pushed McCartney and Wings' My Love from the top spot. Tonight's mix is missing Harrison's signature slide guitar part and background vocals, and highlights Nicky Hopkins' piano and features Gary Wright's organ more prominently. We'll follow with an instrumental version of Sue Me, Sue You Blues, a song that Harrison had given to guitarist Jesse Ed Davis to record for his 1972 album, Ululu, as a thank you for his participation in the concert for Bangladesh. Davis agreed to participate in the concert when it was unsure whether Eric Clapton would show up due to his drug problem. Harrison's inspiration for the song was the legal troubles the Beatles were experiencing in early 1971 when McCartney sued to dissolve Corps. When he performed the song during his 1974 North American tour, he not only changed the feel of the song, incorporating a funk groove, but changed the lyrics as well in order to reflect the Beatles' new legal troubles and their united front against Alan Klein. Next up, a stripped-down mix of The Light That Has Lighted the World, again without Harrison's slide guitar or his background vocals. Harrison originally wrote the song with the intention of giving it to fellow Liverpudlian singer Cilla Black, whose version of his 1970 composition, When Every Song is Sung, was produced by Harrison shortly before the sessions for Living in the Material World commenced. Harrison explained what inspired the lyrics when asked about its origins. It was about that experience you have when you first make it. Everyone is pleased. Local boy makes good. But once you leave, they say he's changed. He's not what he used to be. We'll close the song by highlighting Hopkins' piano and Wright's harmonium. We'll follow with the song that was supposed to be the follow-up single to Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth in the U.S., but for some reason was canceled. Tonight's instrumental take on Don't Let Me Wait Too Long showcases the Spectre-esque quality of the production, highlighting the drums of Jim Keltner and Ringo Starr, percussion, and multiple acoustic guitar tracks. Enjoy. Enjoy. Next up, a stripped-down version of Who Can See It without the orchestra or choir that demonstrates the gentle quality of this Roy Orbison-esque song. Its lyrics again deal with the Beatles' legacy and how Harrison still felt uncomfortable being held to such a high standard. We'll follow with an instrumental of the side one closer and title track. Living in the Material World's lyrics deal with Harrison's never-ending quest to attain his spiritual goals while living in the physical world, and expresses the duality by contrasting a section with a rock groove and one with an Indian feel. He even name-checks his former bandmates, one of whom contributes drums along with Jim Keltner. This mix of the side two opener, the Lord loves the one that loves the Lord, is truly stripped down, lacking the horns, slide guitar, and percussion heard on the final version. The lyrics were inspired by the teachings of Swami A.C. to Vedanta, the founder of the Hare Krishna movement, of which Harrison was a follower. Harrison elaborated on its origins. The things that most people are struggling for is fame and fortune, or wealth or position, and really none of that is important because in the end, death will take it all away. Some people have thought that in certain songs like this one, I was giving them a tell-off or that I was implying that I was holier than that. I do not exclude myself and write a lot of things in order to make myself remember. The song was only performed live once on the opening night of his 1974 North American tour. The next song, Be Here Now, is heard in a rawer state, lacking the background vocals and the bigger sound of the released version. The song was written in Nicholas Canyon in Los Angeles one night as Harrison was falling asleep. He had his guitar in bed, and the song came to him quickly, basing the lyric on a story called The Transformation, Dr. Richard Alpert, Ph.D., into Baba Ram Das, from the book Be Here Now. Das was a Harvard professor and associate of Timothy Leary who embraced Hinduism, changed his name, and wrote Be Here Now, an introduction to Hinduism for novices. Many believe it also alludes to Beatles fans longing for the past after the band broke up. We'll follow with an instrumental version of Try Some, Buy Some, the only song not recorded during the 72-73 sessions that heavily features the keyboards of Leon Russell. The song was resurrected from the 1971 sessions produced by Harrison and Phil Spector for Ronnie Spector's aborted solo album. The song, however, was released as a single, and Harrison used the same backing tracks for his version, which along with Russell on piano, featured drummer Jim Gordon, Carl Radle on bass, and Badfinger's Pete Ham on acoustic guitar, the only track with a guitarist other than Harrison.
1: Two, Two, three, four...
0: The instrumental takes of The Day the World Gets Around and That Is All are completely stripped down, lacking vocals and the overdubs that adorn the final versions. Harrison started writing The Day the World Gets Around the day after the concert for Bangladesh, and the song expresses his feelings of thankfulness for all the people that helped to make it a success while showing disdain for the politicians that could have helped yet failed to do so. It is the third and final song on the album to feature star on drums along with Keltner. That Is All was an appropriate closer for the album. With Harrison stating, there's nothing particularly to say about that is all. The melody came to me, and then I had to think of lyrics. That's all. We're going to close tonight's show with the B-side of the Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth single, Miss O'Dell. The song was inspired by former Apple employee and Beatles insider Chris O'Dell, as was the Leon Russell song, Pisces Apple Lady. Harrison wrote the song while waiting for O'Dell at his rented home in Los Angeles, and was as much about her not showing up as it was about the vapid Los Angeles music scene and the crisis in East Pakistan that led to the concert for Bangladesh.
1: Since I last saw I'm the only one down here who's got nothing to say about the hip or the dope or the cat with most hope, the Bill or Bill Moore. That person shoving, sure ringing on my bell. It's not for me tonight.
0: Well, that's it for this week, Beatles fans. I'm Anthony Robostelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962 1963 and you've been listening to this special George Harrison edition of The Beatles multi-track Meltdown. Tune in every Sunday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern to hear more deconstructed stripped-down mixes of classic Beatle tracks, solo albums, live cuts, and much more. You could follow me on Instagram and Twitter, ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the Facebook page for the book I Want to Tell You. You could also listen to all my past shows on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by going to the website, TheBeatlesIWantToTellYou.com pick up the book at Amazon or for a signed copy at the website. See you next week.